Welcome to episode two of Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Bidoff, and we've got a great show for you this week. After what has felt like an extremely long offseason, it's finally time to get the 2020 USL Championship season underway. But before we jump into our show, I first want to plug our written content. Uh, first and f- uh, first thing I want to point out is you can find all three parts of our season preview series that is up now at dadventuresmedia.com forward slash Somos In part one, our panel took a look back at the 2019 season. In part two, we discussed the roster changes. And in the finale of the series, Jacob, myself, Earl, and Josh all take a few minutes to try to predict what the 2020 season will bring for New Mexico United. Part 3 will be live over on our website by the time you hear this, and links to all three will be in our show notes. We also want to direct your attention to a piece that Jacob wrote for BGN on the best and worst case scenarios for United this season. Also, in addition to our podcast preview that you're going to hear tonight, we'll also have our own written preview of the upcoming Austin Bold FC match that should drop on Saturday morning, as well as a recap that will go up uh, on Sunday morning after the match. All right, enough of that. We're here to talk United. Joining me each and every week is my partner and co-host, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, I gotta know, are you physically and mentally prepared for week one? Uh, Yes. Short answer, yes. Um... It's been too long, and uh, my only question now is where I want to watch week one from, um, and I think it's going to be at my house. Uh, I was contemplating going to a watch party somewhere here or there, but um, I, where I do like the energy of the watch parties, um, I am not, like even for the Super Bowl, uh, I don't like to go to Super Bowl parties for the most part if it's a game that I'm interested in. Um, so for the United games that I basically live and die off every goal that's scored, um, I don't like to have that emotion shown in public too often. So I definitely am ready. I definitely cannot wait. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way there. Oh, I absolutely cannot wait. I've been looking forward to this since you know the, since the beginning of November of last year. Um, as far as being you know physically prepared, you know I've got. Uh, I've got my sofa. I've got my cup holder all nice and ready. You know, I've got my uh, I got my TV tuned to ESPN Plus. <laughs> I am I, I am set and I'm ready to go mentally. I, I can't. I've been waiting for this. We've been talking United. We've got the podcast going now. We've got the the written content going. And I think United has been front and foremost in our minds for like the past you know at least a few weeks if not months trying to figure out you know what's going to happen what you know how is this club going to how are they going to turn around from their 2019 season as fantastic as it was and then move forward into 2020 you you mentioned the watch parties you know i went to several of those last season and while they are fantastic to go to the energy is great i think it's i think it's wonderful to see the the level of excitement that the united fans bring to the watch parties and the the fact that the club actually goes out to these watch parties and is a part of that mm-hmm. i think yep. it's fantastic but for me like like you said you know it, i enjoy being at home I, I do. I I enjoy being able to celebrate, and you know, and then especially since we cover the club, it gives us a chance to you know watch it not 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 just once. I typically watch every match twice, but go in yeah. and you know watch it critically one time, and then watch it for fun another, and not mm-hmm. have to deal with you know being out in public and drinking and trying to figure out what's going on, and you know I can pause it and look at stats and and things like that, and so. 
I, I definitely think that for me, I'll be uh, hopefully here at home and not out working. But uh, if I am, I'll be listening into the the radio broadcast. Uh, if it's on 1017, the team. Uh, if not, I'll definitely have ESPN Plus on my phone while I'm uh, at work. So, yeah, the only thing that might drag me out uh, to a watch party is I know that uh, I just saw on Facebook earlier that uh, Clint Gray who was part of the curse last year and um, front row every match. I took several pictures of him celebrating every time. And um, uh, he was instrumental in getting the charter plane to Minnesota through his the bank that he worked at. He is actually now part of the front office staff um, this year. They stole him away from the bank, and he helped to replace Ron, Ron Patel a little bit. Um, he mentioned that he was going to be at Dave and Buster's for the match, uh, and I haven't watched a match over at Gabe, Dave and Buster's yet. So, so that is a possibility still. But um, like you said, being able to pause it and celebrate on your own and take notes and all that stuff from home uh, is usually the way that it goes. I, I'll, I'm sure we will catch a couple watch parties uh, at some point this season before I move to Fort Sumner, which. Um, we will talk what well, we talked about on the Dad Ventures podcast. So uh, go listen to that podcast if you're um, interested in that. Uh, shameless plug, I know, um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm super excited for actual soccer to be played and actual soccer soccer that we can actually watch uh, instead of these stupid closed door friendlies that we've had all preseason. Um, uh, I'm excited for the written content that we did. Uh, both the season preview pieces for Somos Lingos News, and, and I was really happy with my piece uh, over on BGN. Um, I enjoy writing those, and I enjoy kind of looking at the season as a whole and trying to predict stuff, but uh, I'm ready for just regular season soccer to kick off. Um, one thing that I, I did this last week to kind of get myself ready for regular season soccer is I watched a little bit of the MLS opening week uh uh, I know you're a big uh, Atlanta United fan. You guys took a tough blow there, losing Joseph Martinez. Um, we talked about it briefly off air, but it might look like um, some people that or somebody that you guys are familiar with, and Adam John, formerly of Phoenix Rising, uh, will at least step in in the short term there until they can sign another striker, as he is their backup to Joseph. So, how, how does that make you feel there? I, as an Atlanta United supporter, I am absolutely just devastated. Um, I mean, Joseph has been the most prolific goal scorer uh, over the past three years in MLS. Um, I think it's something like 77 goals over the past three seasons. Um, he is the the linchpin for the Atlanta United club uh, through all the changes that they've gone through over the past two seasons uh, with Miguel Almiron leaving, with Julian Gressel, now uh, Lorenzo Gonzalez-Perez leaving, Michael Parker's retiring. Um, I mean, Joseph is, is there. Like he, The city loves Joseph. They absolutely do. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the stuff on, on Reddit and Twitter. Like, there are murals to Joseph around town now. Yeah. Uh, there's talk he's, of building a statue outside the stadium. So, oh, yeah. yeah. He's he's arguably the face of the MLS, honestly. Um, you have uh, Carlos Vela over there in LAFC, uh, who's obviously won the— Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Uh, he obviously won the— uh, golden boot and the mvp last year um and he's he's definitely one of the best players in the mls if not the best uh but zlatan left um and you have some other really good players but joseph's energy that he brings and the attitude that he 
carries himself with and the celebrations and the mean mugging and the Ferraris and all the stuff that he brings to the table really does make him stick out uh, more than uh, somebody like Vela, who's a little more low key and a little more laid back and um, does it a little bit different with a little bit different style. Uh, I think the MLS as a whole is going to suffer from Joseph being out, but um, I think that uh, you guys might be able to sustain a little bit uh, depending on who you bring in and, and I was really, really wanting to see an Atlanta LAFC championship uh, with Joseph healthy and Vela healthy and, and to see what those two clubs can bring at some point in yeah. the near future. So that won't happen this year, I don't think, but uh, maybe next year or the year after we'll have to see. Uh, um, Atlanta will did, be there just without Joseph. I don't know about LAFC. but Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, no, like ask, you mentioned, Adam ask, John. Hey, ask Phoenix how Adam John up top works for you there and see if you'll still be in the championship there. Because last I checked, Phoenix did not make the championship there. No, they did not. Um, yeah, Adam John was signed as a, as a replacement for Brandon Vasquez, who left – I say left, but he was uh, taken in the uh, by FC Cincinnati in the expansion draft uh, this past season. Uh, so John was brought in, and now it looks like he's going to be thrust into the uh, the every match starter uh, role um, for Atlanta United. I don't think that John is going to going to be the long term answer there. I don't think he's really built for that system. Yeah. Uh, that being said, he can score goals. Um, I mean, right now we've got FC Cincy coming up. Atlanta's got FC Cincy coming up next next, next weekend, uh, followed by the uh, next round of the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Um, I, I don't know that we get someone signed by then. If it, it is an international, uh, whether or not the visa issues will be taken yeah. care of in time for that or not. But, yeah, short term it's going to be Adam John. Uh, not too concerned about the FC Cincy match. We've got another match coming up. I think it's uh, a few weeks from now. It's either FC Cincy again or it's Nashville again. So I'm not too worried about the first few weeks of the season. It's gonna. It'll be interesting to see who gets signed and what happens later on. But yeah, just devastating blow for Atlanta and for MLS to 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 lose someone the caliber of of Joseph. So yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on with the MLS is: Did you see Vela's goal against Miami? I did. That was a pretty tremendous goal. It was. It was pretty spectacular. So. Um, not a. We're not an MLS podcast. Uh, we do like it. Uh, we follow it probably a little more than some of the other people uh, that are soccer snobs, quote unquote. Um, thinking that English Premier League is the only way to go, which I do enjoy that as well. But uh, MLS just is a a different monster altogether and and i i do thoroughly enjoy it um and uh you know we got minnesota united up there that we played in the open cup so i kind of follow them a little bit and root for them they got three points this weekend um but enough about that i i want to move on to some united stuff uh since we are just days away from the opening match and uh, we finally got a look at what the new kits are going to look like um the away kits anyways uh, Puma come out. Um, it's basically all yellow from head to toe, uh, with a touch of Zia symbol in there. Uh, and the crane shares is what the players are going to wear. Uh, most of the ones that I understand that the club is selling do say Meow Wolf on the front. Uh, but the ones that the actual players are going to wear are still the crane shares. So they're, it doesn't look like there's going to be a, uh, front of the Jersey, uh, Sponsor change, like we talked about on the last episode, I believe. 
um, what did you think of the kits? And uh, more importantly, uh, um, I'm going to give my thoughts on the video that they put out to release them, but I want to kind of get your thoughts on that stuff first. So the club uh, hyped up the these away kits um, pretty extensively across social media, and after seeing some of the other kits that have come out, and I don't, I'm sure you saw the the news from uh, Las Vegas. Did you see what they're doing? I, I did, and um, I'm gonna not talk about it just for the sake of not talking about it because yeah. uh, I actually had a pretty extensive conversation or was part of a conversation on Slack with the BGN guys about that and just all the crazy stuff that vegas does and uh, um i just they're a different animal than anything else yeah uh, that's for sure I, just looking at the different kits that have come out and like, I, I have nothing against a clean white kit or nothing or anything like that but i think i th- i don't as much and as much as i love these these yellow away kits I don't know if they necessarily live up to the hype that they were given. And Thank that might you. be controversial. I think some people might not agree with that. I I definitely uh, I was going to bring the same take uh, to this podcast and thought we would disagree because the overwhelming uh, thoughts on the kits that I've seen on social media has been like, oh, my gosh, these are amazing. And now don't get me wrong. I, I love them. I do. I love the Zia symbol um, coming down at an angle off the side there. And uh, I love... Uh, the not doing just a white like we did last year mm-hmm. and having them be yellow. Um, but I just thought that uh, the hype was was definitely going to be there, and I thought with the change to Puma that we were going to get something uh, not crazy, but um, I would have liked to see maybe a couple, like a color combination there instead of just a straight yellow. I would have liked to have seen some turquoise or some red um, mixed in with it. I think if you'd have done some red in there on the yellow jersey uh, to mimic kind of the state flag, I thought that would have been pretty cool. Um, But uh, I I do think it is an improvement from last year. But I'm right there with you that I do think that they could have um, added a little more pop to it and or uh, with the hype that was there, just I felt a little let down, even though I do still really like them. And I will probably still own one. depending on what the home kits look like. Yeah, and like I said, don't don't get me wrong. Like I love a clean kit. And these clean these kits are absolutely pristine. Like I I oh, love the way that they look. Yeah. But yeah, like I just I felt like there should have been a little bit more to it. Now now to look at you know, one thing that did catch my eye though. And I think well before let me get I'll get to that in just a second. I think that these kits serve a particular purpose. And I think you know. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Last season we had you know the white kits with crane shares on it. We only saw them about three times, despite being on the road for what was it 21 matches last season. See, I I I, I think you're misremembering there because the crane shares kits were out there most of the away matches for the regular season, anyways. Uh, the Open Cup was a little bit different, and then in the summertime we did see the Meow Wolf jerseys on the road. A little more often so we definitely saw meow wolf the overwhelming majority of the time yeah. uh, because we did see them for all the home matches as well as some of the away matches but i think it was a little more than three times well well no i was I, did i say three i mean i might have just said three, three but um <laughs> maybe i'm exaggerating there a little bit but that's what it felt like because yeah. with with all the different with all the away matches i feel like a lot of those clubs that we played had like home white and so we couldn't wear our our white crane shears kits. So I think these kits here serve a purpose to where we can actually wear them, and it, you know it gets 
maybe it like fulfills helps fulfill something with crane shares you know yeah um with because like i mean they're contracted for uh they're set up as a sponsor for 17 plus away matches and they only got seen you know however many times they probably we probably didn't see them 17 times about 13 or 14 in the regular season and then maybe once or twice in the open cup yeah Uh, something like we didn't get we didn't get to the 17 for sure so I think the yellow definitely you know, serves that purpose. You know, and it, again, they look great. I want to get one, but that photo that they put out, the what stood out to me and Cody that Cody tweeted a picture of it later was the blue, oh, the blue keeper yeah. kits. Oh, now that spoke to me. Like I, like I love keeper. that keeper kit. That was nice. Um, I I probably would buy the yellow one before the blue one. Um, I'm not a keeper kit guy. I did mm-hmm. like the orange one from last year, but um, I, I think what through this whole process of this uh, away jersey uh, revealed to me, though, did you watch the the full two minute video uh, with all the different local New Mexicans and everything in it? Yeah, I, I watched it uh, probably a good five or six times. So, as somebody who grew up here and um, what this team has meant to me just as a as a beacon of light for this state that video i i tell you i i got home saturday night um i don't remember where we were but uh we got home and i was sitting here right here in this chair where where i redo the podcast from and i pulled it up on my phone and i was watching it with my headphones on while my wife was watching tv and uh at the end of it i got up i said let's go at the top of my lungs, even though it was, I think one of the kids was in bed already. Uh, and then I proceeded to slip my shoes on and run a lap around my yard uh, because I was that pumped up. Um, that video just it spoke to me in so many different ways with so many different things with what they're doing for the community and the state. Uh, and I'm sure that they knew that when they made the video. But um, to the guys over there that put all that together and everything, man, you guys did an A-plus a+ job on uh reaching the locals at least in my heart and um the the kits honestly could have been the worst kits in the league and after watching that video i still would have gone out and bought one at the very first chance i got if um if that was the case for me uh it it just it really really pumped me up and got me super excited for uh for this season and for this first match and um if they keep doing what they're doing um if you go check out our season preview for uh the third part of the season preview we talk about the attendance and the the community support there if they keep doing what they're doing like with videos like that and keep pushing that message and keep um genuinely believing in that message man their their popularity amongst not just albuquerque and and this area but the whole state is just going to skyrocket man i i couldn't be any more impressed with what they're doing there for the community yeah, the whole digital media team, the marketing team, they have done an absolutely fantastic job uh, from day one with this club, oh, yeah. and that video is just the, the latest in a, in a long string of uh, projects that they've put out that has like just the, been absolutely incredible. The Meow Wolf uh, reveal from last year where they filmed it in Meow Wolf yes. with the guys juggling the balls all around the place. I mean, the, the stuff that they're pumping out um, – media wise with the videos and pictures josh lane over there 
uh, is just doing a fantastic job with all of that stuff and everybody that he's got around him. Um, I, I knew the name of the guy that put together the video and I, it's, it's escaping right now. So I apologize for that, but, uh, you guys are just doing some fantastic, fantastic stuff, stuff that I don't think anybody else in the league is even coming close to personally. Um, yeah, I just, I, I was blown away by the video a little bit let down by the kits, but I do still think they're great. Um, definitely better than last year. So I'm excited to see what the home kit looks like. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's it's got a few more local touches to it, and it's not just a, you know, I, I would hate for it to just be a black jersey with Meow Wolf across the front and a yellow Zia symbol on the side, like a mirror image of this, of the away one. But uh, we'll see what it is. And I, I, I don't I don't think that it's going to be that, because I feel like if it was going to be that, they would have announced it together. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to have some more touches and things like that to to the home kit and i can't wait to see that yeah i know they've already kind of started teasing it out uh i know they put something out on twitter i think it was um saturday night saying that they would have something they're gonna try to have that revealed within a couple of weeks i mean yeah they really don't have all that long before the first home match so no they don't uh, about three weeks or so yeah a little less than three weeks a little less yeah i, I would say we'll probably see a reveal of probably i don't know maybe i don't know say the 17th Tuesday before the home match. Yeah, probably. Maybe even a little bit sooner than that. Uh, maybe that weekend before. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. But I think Tuesdays are usually a day when they decide to put stuff out during the season because usually there's not a whole lot going on that day. So, so yeah, I think uh, that'll be pretty close to when they do it. And, uh, you know, that first match is at home is going to be against El Paso. So that's going to be huge. And with the jerseys that they're going to put out, I, I think uh, that whole week is just going to be a party basically. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, there really hasn't been a whole lot of news that co- has come out this week from the club aside from the uh, kit reveal. And that, that's all right. You know, the season starts on Saturday, and I'm not expecting too much to come out. Um, but we did. there were a couple things that came out over on uslchampionship.com that I felt like we should probably talk about. Um, first and foremost is uh, the completely arbitrary USL championship preseason power rankings. Did you have a chance to take a look at these? I did. Um, and they are completely arbitrary. Um, and you know, a lot of fan bases get really worked up over where their team is in these things. And sometimes I think it's warranted. Sometimes I look at it and go, yes, these are arbitrary, but how do you think this is the case here? Uh, however, uh, I, I feel like they got us pretty much where I think we should be as far as the preseason rankings. Um, I think we will definitely move up if we perform how I think we're going to. But at the moment, you look at it, and they've got us 10th overall, Mm -hmm. um, but 6th in the West. And they've got Phoenix, Orange County, Sacramento, Reno, and Real Monarchs all in front of us. And then Austin, El Paso, and San Antonio uh, pretty close behind us there. And I feel like that's... That's fairly close to what we should be. I think um, Phoenix and Orange County are definitely going to be up there among the top two or three teams in the league this year in the West. Um, and then Sacramento, Reno, and Real, uh, I think, are right there close to us. Uh, I think you can't really have Real Monarchs below us when they won the championship last year. Um, in fact, I think they were—I mean, they were—they were technically fifth in the West. Um, and I think they were ninth overall, eighth or ninth overall. Um, so I feel like they kind of got slighted a little bit and probably should have been a little bit higher. But uh, Would you say maybe I flip think, them with uh, Orange County? 
Uh, I think I think I would have flipped him with Sacramento for sure, mm-hmm. um, and had them at least third. Maybe flipped him over Orange County. Um, I think there's a case to be made that they should have been over Phoenix, um, just because of they won the championship. They beat Phoenix in the playoffs. They beat Phoenix in Phoenix late in the year. Um, to I believe take home the Four Corners Cup, so uh, they they definitely seem to be the better team out of all of those teams last year. Any way you slice it, and uh, I think just out of respect, and yeah, they lost Kalen Ryden obviously to us, and, and a couple pieces to um, Real Salt Lake up in the MLS like Michael Chang. Um, at least to start the season, he might come back down eventually. But um, uh, so they lost a couple pieces, but I think they're still going to be a tough team and just out of respect, probably would have put them a little bit higher than what they are. Uh, and then I definitely kind of took um, – I, I don't like being behind Sacramento. I think uh, <laughs> when you look at last year's matches, um, Phoenix, obviously the rival. Um, El Paso uh, is like the little brother that wants to be our rival but <laughs> uh, just isn't quite on our level. But then when you look at Sacramento, Sacramento was a team that we played three times. Uh, we played them twice in the regular season, and then they're the team that knocked us out of the playoffs. Uh, they got some people on that team that I really don't care for. Um, Bijev is one of them. He kind of looks like a bird to me, and I don't like how he plays, and I don't like his attitude. So uh, I look at them and uh, definitely am not happy with being behind them and think that we should be able to jump above them uh, pretty soon in the season. So, um, But overall, I, I can't pick Nick Pitt, pick Nits. Pick Nick, I, I, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I think we're basically where we should be. I think we should be ahead of Austin, El Paso, and San Antonio. And um, I think that's that's basically the spot that I would put us um, if I was being completely unbiased anyways. Uh, how do you feel about it? you think it's about the same? or um, you, Where would you put us? Yeah, I, I think I'm about the same as you are. Um, I mean, within the Western Conference itself, that it feels about right. Uh, I think I'd have Orange County a little bit lower um, than where they're at. Um, maybe put Reno ahead of them. Uh, I mean, since Fresno's not in the league anymore, it's kind of hard to really say for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think if it was me, I'd bump Reno, Reno up, Orange County down, put uh, Reno, put Orange County in between Reno and Sacramento. Um, I think Real should be a little bit higher. Uh, again, like you said, I feel like they're a little disrespected. But us, for the, for USL Championship to have us sixth in the West, that feels about right given where what we finished, uh, how we finished last season, mm-hmm. and where we're at this year given the the roster changes. Um, tenth overall, I don't have a huge problem with this. My one issue is that the Miami FC. They've got a see, club that has never played a match in the U.S. Are they above us? Yeah, they're they're at I, nine. See, I I just completely skip over the East because I just yeah. don't know enough about it. Um, so yeah, that that kind of surprises me too. I was listening to our buddies over at Seek and Strike, uh, and Chris Walker actually had um, Miami as his Eastern Conference champion, if I'm not mistaken, or at least uh, up there among the top. And and uh, he had he had a couple good points and. Like, uh, the majority of this club has been together for a while down in the lower ranks of professional soccer in America, and they added some 
some high-end talent with Rosario Williams going over there as a striker and uh, some other other key pieces. So they might be really good, but I think it's just it's hard for an expansion team as we saw last year uh, come in and try to make that deep, deep run. El Paso made it to the Western Conference Championship, uh, which was kind of fluky to me, but they've still made it that far. And other than that, you just don't see it all that often. And I think when you did see it, it was because this league was a little – uh, smaller, a little less talented, and a little more there for the taking. And now I think you got some, some major guy, major players up there like Louisville City that, uh, and and like Pittsburgh Riverhounds and stuff over there in the East and Tampa Bay Rowdies that, they're going to have something to say about that. And uh, I, I can't speak to whether they should be above us or not. I just don't know enough about it. But I will say that yeah, an expansion team being above us is kind of strange. Yeah, you know, it's for me, it's the fact that they haven't played a single USL match. And I get that these are basically, again, completely arbitrary. There's nothing behind it other than looking at, you know, what's on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you can look at probably, you know, what's happened in the preseason as well to, to make some kind of a decision. But most of the USL preseason is spent either, you know, closed door matches where, I mean, in our final closed door match today, we saw uh, Mike Prince. Yeah, or Zach Prince, yeah. I'm sorry. Zach yeah. Prince suited up at goalie. Yeah. You know, so it's stuff like that that makes me, you know, not take, um, you know, uh, the preseason, you know, what happens in the preseason too seriously. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, that that's my nit, that's my nitpick with it is that, you know, they haven't played anything, so maybe they no, shouldn't fair. be ranked higher than us. But, that's definitely know. fair. So... They did put out, uh, we don't have it on our little notes here, but uh, I did want to throw out that they, they put out a top 10 defenders to watch mm-hmm. um, in the USL Championship this year, and our boy Kalen Ryden did make that list, which um, is nice to see some some New Mexico representation there. Uh, and I think that they're right. He is going to be a key part in what we do and our changes, and so uh, I was glad to see that in there. I was a little disappointed not to see Cody in the top 10 uh, goalkeepers to watch this year, but... Um, you know, I think, uh, we'll both, both of them are going to be key in, in that back line, obviously. And, and I definitely think they are some to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I had the same two thoughts. Like I pulled up the, uh, the defender article cause I saw Kaylin in the, in, the, in the thumbnail of it. And then, uh, you know, when I saw the goalkeepers article, uh, I was definitely surprised to not see Cody in there and I even tweeted out about it. Um, you know, saying, Hey, you're missing, you know, Cody in here. And, and, um, you know, I, I think Cody, honestly, you know, not only should he be one of the goalkeepers to watch, I think he could honestly be one of the most improved keepers in the league this year. I think, I think a better defense in front of him yeah, is sure. also is going to help his, his numbers as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think that both of those could be true things coming in this season. Yeah. Um, those are good predictions for sure. Uh, if you want some more predictions, go check out our third part uh, of our season preview um, series that we have over on the site. Um, we asked uh, the four people for a bold prediction, um, and uh, I don't. I, I saw yours was pretty bold. I liked yours. Mm-hmm. Um, Earl's was a little less bold. Uh, I feel like I went the boldest out of all of us. Um, but uh, if you want to go see what we had to say there, um, go check that out and let us know what your bold predictions are. Um, but I think that about wraps up the news that was out there. Like you said, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, I think it's time to dig into our week one opponent. Um, 
and preview that match and see what we think is going to happen there. So Saturday we take on uh, Austin, Austin Bold FC in Austin. Um, we we beat them three to one over there last year, and we drew two two here at home. Um, I rewatched the highlight packages for both of those today, um, and the three one win wasn't as dominating as I remember it being, uh, just from the package highlights and looking at the stats and stuff. Um, Santi had a quasi hat trick, a sort of hat trick, a almost hat trick, whatever you want to call it. He, mm-hmm. he scored two legit goals, uh, one off a free kick that, uh, deflected off the wall and went in and then, uh, a breakaway where he beat the keeper and put it in the empty net. And then his first goal, quote unquote goal of the night was actually an technically an own goal where he beat his man you know, on the left side of the box, drove into the byline and then, uh, cut it across front of the net um, looking for somebody to poke it in and somebody poked it in but that somebody was uh, Austin Bowl player um, and then they scored uh, after that first goal to tie it at one and then they had several chances to take the lead they hit the post a couple times uh, in the highlight package anyways um, which I kind of remember um, so I think it's going to be a, a good matchup for us to see where we stand in the first um, first match of the season um, what do you think about FC or, or Bold FC this year? Uh, did you see anything changes that they made that's going to stick out to you, or uh, any results in the preseason that uh, you saw might be of importance? So Austin Bold really didn't have a huge off season. Um, they had a few guys go out, but most of those were not guys that really featured for them last year. Um, they got Diego Restrepo back in goal. They've got Okugo back, guy who scored both goals in the return match last season. Uh, Seth McFarlane is back, uh, one of their key defenders. Um, so as far as as far as he was o- a key offensive player too, actually. Yeah, he was, um, and he's listed as one of their players to watch in the USLChampionship.com's uh, Western Conference mm-hmm. preview. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they signed a couple a couple guys. They brought in Joan from uh, Switchbacks. The guy I really that, liked that signing. Really yeah, it's a I, good signing for them. He stuck out to me last year when we were playing Colorado Springs um, as a as a guy that I really liked. And when they when they brought him in, that was the one signing to me that I was like, oh, okay, I see you guys. Yeah, I brought him in, a talented defender. Um, I know we talked about him a lot last season uh, when we did play Colorado Springs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, largely Austin Bold's um, midfield and forward positions remain unchanged. Um, so there's going to be a lot of continuity there, and that's going to play in their fe- in their favor a lot this season, provided they can stay healthy. I mean, they still got Andre Lima, they've got Kleber, they've got uh, Tierpak, guys who all gave us fits at times last season. Um, Tierpak especially was a guy that I looked at as one of their bigger weapons, um, and uh, he was uh, definitely someone that caused us problems uh, in both matches. Um, so he he's definitely someone to watch for. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm expecting to run you know similar systems to what we saw last year. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of change there. I think another season because um, you know they were expansion club last year as well. Mm-hmm. So I think having you know now in their second year, just like us, I think they're going to be in a much better position uh, to compete uh, than they were last season. Um, I, I agree. I think that uh, 
like you said, for the most part, their key pieces stayed, uh, and they added, you know, Ish and uh, uh, maybe one or two other players that might play a role. Um, so I don't think they got worse by any means. Uh, I don't think they got a whole lot better, though. Um, so I expect them to make the playoffs again, but I expect them to kind of be middle of the pack. Um, I think teams like us, uh, New Mexico United, that that were below them in the standings at the end of the year last year, but made significant changes and added significant talent and depth, uh, will probably pass them. Um, so I, I think playoffs are definitely in the cards for them, but not nearly as high as they were last year. Yeah. Uh that's kind of my thought process anyway is that I just don't and they didn't have anything in the preseason that really blew me away that made them stand out like like say what you want about the preseason uh which there's not a whole lot to take away from it um uh, if you come out and you're like Phoenix and you beat a couple MLS teams that by all by all purposes were actually trying to win at times uh, and you beat them um that kind of shows me something but um Bold, from what I could find, they lost to FC Dallas zero to one, uh, and then they drew against RGV, and then they played some lesser opponents that they kind of wiped the floor with. Um, but none of those really stick out to me as saying, "Hey, we're better than last year." So that's just kind of how I feel. I do think they'll be a tough test, though. I think this first match will be will be a good sign of where we're at as a club. Yeah, no, it definitely will be. And you know, I, I don't want to go without saying, you know. Um, Austin Bold did suffer a, a tragic loss last season uh, with the death of uh, Isaac Promise, uh, who unexpectedly uh, passed away. I believe it was in uh, at the end of October last season. Um, so I, he was a super talented guy uh, for their club, and I think that he's definitely going. He's definitely going to be missed, um, you know, from their roster this season. Um, but no matter who they throw out there, they're going to be tough to, to beat. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, they don't have, there wasn't a whole lot that came out from them uh, as far as the preseason goes. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to kind of put any sort of uh, expectations on what to expect um, from that. Um, yeah, I, it, they were. I remember last season. It was a. I remember it being a very physical match. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that. Looking back at it, there were a number of yellow cards in both matches. Uh, I believe there was even a. If I remember correctly, there was a red card in the first one as well. Yeah, there was. It was a. I don't remember who it was, but it was a United had a breakaway and he reached out and grabbed the last guy. So he, it was a goal scoring opportunity that was denied. Fabian so they, Garcia. Yeah, so they they gave him the red card and kicked him off. Um, I think at that point it was two to one, and I believe we did add the third and final goal after that. But mm-hmm. um, it it wasn't in hugely instrumental in deciding the the outcome of the match. But it definitely was a physical match. It definitely, I think most of the games last year honestly were pretty physical. But uh, I expect to kind of see the same thing this year. And, and I'm glad that we added some size that um, when we talk about what we think the starting 11 is going to be, uh, we'll see if that size actually comes into play. But we did add some size and some muscle back there in that back line with Raiden uh, and Najia um, so that in these physical matches we don't get overpowered as much. 
Yeah, I'm looking back at it, and there were 11 yellow cards and a red card between the two matches with Bold FC last season. So yeah, it, it's definitely uh, and, and with the with the lineups largely unchanged, it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, in the second match last season, uh, Bruce opened the scoring uh, inside five minutes, and Kevon added the second goal uh, just after the start of the second half. Um, but unfortunately, you know, as was the, a problem for us throughout the season last year, is we couldn't hold those leads. Um, both times we surrendered a, a goal. Uh, Okugo scored both times in that second match for for bold. Um, I believe so, they were both yeah. off of set pieces, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, which definitely was a chink in the armor for us. Uh, that I hope we can kind of patch together and fix mm-hmm. with some more height and some more size uh, on the field for us this coming year. So, yeah. I, so, Bold FC, I mean, are they a better club than they were last season? I mean, on paper, that again, they didn't really bring in a, you know, a big-name signing. They didn't make a splash as far as that goes. But I, I definitely think they are a better club. Yeah, I would say I would say that that's accurate. Uh, I don't think they're going to be much better, but they didn't improve like we might have improved if our signings work out. Um, but they did improve at least a little bit. All right. So, yeah, that, that's our take on, on Bold FC. Um, I mean, they're going to be competitive all season long. Um, they're going to be a tough match. They're going to be physical players. Um, I think it's going to be uh, real telling, just like you said, to, to see what happens. Um, so, I mean, looking at the match itself uh, from from the New Mexico United side of things, who do you think is in our starting eleven? And this is something that we can, that we want to that I kind of want us to do every week. You know, kind of predict who is going to be that eleven. Do we see something from somebody? Maybe was there someone that stood out to you in the preseason? That you think maybe gets a a start here at the beginning? I don't think uh, the name that comes to mind, and I think will come to kind of everybody's mind, is Sammy Sergi, and uh, I just don't see him as a rookie cracking this starting lineup. Uh, in week one Uh, that's not to say he can't find his way into the starting lineup throughout the year in fact I fully expect him to start several games this year uh, because it's a long season and open cup run and we need depth and everything like that but I think this this opening match uh, we see a very similar formation and a very similar lineup to what we saw most of the year last year Uh, so I have it with um, Schmidt and Ryden um, as our center backs in the in, in the back, on the back line of a four four, I have it as a one one instead of a four four two. But um, that that could be uh, could be different. But so I've got Schmidt and Ryden back there in the center as the, in the center back positions, um, and then Manny and Suggs out on the wings, um, which is what we saw a lot of last year. Except for instead of Ryden, it was Tete, obviously. Um, I would not be surprised if it's Ryden and Tete instead of Ryden and Schmidt. Um, but at the moment, that's I, I got Schmidt just having seniority and being the New Mexico guy. I just have him uh, slightly edging out Tete to be that other center back spot. Um, first, uh, before I move on to my midfield uh, and up top, uh, do you do you think they're going to be in that four four two variation that they were in ninety five percent of the time last year? More than likely, um, I really don't see Troy uh, straying too far from that. Uh, he did mention at the uh, 
Team Somos versus Team Unidos uh, intra-squad match um, that we he may consider playing three at the back at times, uh, depending on the opponent and the situation. Um, but no, I, I think we're going to see that you know that four four two or the variation of it, the four four one one, for the majority of the season. So just talking about your back line, uh, do you think that that Manny Schmidt riding Suggs for some back there is pretty accurate? Would you have anybody else in there? What would you have back there on that back line? I think that's pretty close to what I would put. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't see Josh coming out. I do see Kalen stepping in and getting a starting role. Um, I see... Honestly, if if there was a change, for me, I think it would be Justin coming out, mm-hmm. and and uh, and David being in there. Uh, there the, yeah, being in there in the oh, middle okay. with with Kalen, um, just because of what I saw from Justin in, in the preseason, and I don't know what it is, but he looked like he attracted like he. he he put on either put on he put on weight during the off season either like from trying to bulk up or from just not being you know fully match fit, and mm-hmm. so I don't know what it is, but he looked slower than. See, I, okay. I'm doing this as a what I think coach will do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was me, I would have Tete in there instead of Schmidt, um, hands down. Uh, I love Schmidty to death. Uh, he is the name that's on the back of my home kit that I got last year. Um, but performance-wise last year, I think Tete uh, outperformed him. And I, from I, without seeing much of the preseason except for the one inter-squad scrim- scrimmage, um, I, I think Tete is just going to be um, – he's a younger player. He's uh, a little quicker, uh, not quite as big, not quite as strong, but um, – that's who I would have in there. I didn't even consider Najem being inside as a center back. I always looked at him as a, a left back or a right back. Um, I don't remember which side he usually plays on back there, but so that's interesting to me. I, I had never, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I just I think it's a possibility in there, um, especially if, if Schmidt's not quite ready. Um, Tete, I think is is great, and he he made a lot of strides last season. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be you know Josh, uh, David. Um, what I say? Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be uh, Josh, Kalen, uh, David, and uh, Manny out on the right. Um, that's what I think is Troy is Troy is going to do on Saturday. Um, so we're basically we're basically there at the same place together, just kind of teetering on the Schmidt, uh, Najem, Tete. Uh, as that other center back there. Um, What about your midfield? What do you think about the midfield? Um, Well, this is probably going to be more... uh, I don't know. I I, I think you're going to see Brucey out on the right, uh, Bees and Juan Pablo in the middle, and then on the left, I think we're going to see... I don't know. This is is where I'm kind of... This is where I'm not sure. Because Ryan's out with an injury... Uh, and I so I think we're gonna see because um, Salee doesn't really isn't really a wing player. I think maybe um, Tanari out on the left. Interesting. 
Interesting. So this is where we're going to differ almost completely. Um, uh, I have, uh, I have a couple. Well, I have Guzman in there. Um, I think he's going to be one of the center mids for sure. Uh, and then I have actually Salil as one of the center mids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have Estrada on one side and Moreno on the other. Okay. Um, I don't have, I have Brucey coming off the bench. Um, I have Weehan actually playing in front of those guys and behind Sandoval mm-hmm. um, as that first one in that four four one one. Um I think Moreno and Raiden are going to be the only two that just step in right away uh first match of the year first match with the club and start and start um Moreno oh. was just too explosive from what I saw highlight wise uh him and Weehan the one goal that we actually got to see a video of um that I, I don't know if you saw it but was what was the one goal against Phoenix mm-hmm. uh and that was Amando and uh Weehan teaming up for that goal um he just Moreno just He's coming down from the MLS. He's hungry. Uh, I think he's going to have a really big year, and I think Weehan's going to have a really big year, and I think part of that is because they're going to be able to work really well together, and I see Moreno just stepping in basically seamlessly for Santi um, on that left side and just taking over for him. Um, And then Muhammad and Guzman were the center mids that I felt were uh, the best pairing there most of the time. Um, Hamilton stepped in there and did a really good job. Uh, we saw Weehan in there a little bit, um, but I think that uh, Muhammad and Guzman are going to be the guys there. And then Estrada over on the right-hand side, um, he didn't produce last year a whole lot. Um, I think he might have had two goals on the season. Um, I can only actually think of one that I remember for sure, but um, he he's just a veteran presence that I know – uh, Coach Troy trusts, and I think he can come in and let the other guys do the offensive work, like Muhammad or not Muhammad, uh, Moreno, Weehan, and Sandoval, with Manny and Suggs kind of bombing up the sides, and Estrada can just kind of do his thing and not have to be up there. And then if we get in a pinch, you know that's when Brucey can come in for him, or uh, or some other changes can be made. You know, maybe we bring in Parks up top with Sandoval and move Weehan to the wing. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that we can do uh, f- with subs if we need to from this formation. Um, so I'm just kind of looking at what we did last year and going off of what Coach really liked to do um, most of the time. And I don't I don't see we see anything drastic change-wise. Um, I, I wouldn't fully be surprised if Brucey was in the starting lineup over Estrada, but uh, I think Brucey at the moment is just going to be a spark plug off the bench and come in and score goals late. Um, so so that's kind of where I have the midfield and the forward positions. You talked about your midfield. Uh, what do you have up there on top? See, I like your idea of having uh, Moreno in the lineup. I do, but I like him in the 10 role. I think putting him in the 10, and I, obviously Dev is going to start at the 9, Mm-hmm. I think having uh, Moreno there in the 10 and then B's behind him, the amount of you know, push going forward between those two, and that's why I don't have B's in that 10 spot, is because I think B's is that is a catalyst that can hook up with not only uh, Moreno, but also with Dev. And then Beas has also got that shot from distance more so than what I've seen from, from Dev or from Moreno. 
So I, I think there's a whole lot of creativity and a whole lot of options there by setting them up in that way. So you do have Moreno and you're starting yeah. 11. Okay. Um, I, I was expecting to see him in there, but when you mentioned your midfielders and he wasn't there, I was a little surprised. Um, I need to get more familiar with Moreno's game um, and see a little more of him. But uh, last year, looking back, a lot of the lineups that I really liked had Weehan and Sandoval up top as those yeah. forward two or or uh, stacked in that 1-1 one, one, uh, type formation. And Moreno, I throughout this offseason, I've just thought of as uh, a better Santi, uh, as blasphemous as that might sound to <laughs> some of you Santi lovers. Um, so I didn't even think about trying, trying to change him up and put him in a different position. Um, but that's interesting. I, I definitely want to see kind of what he, what coach, how coach uses him and what he brings to the table. Um, but I think overall we, we agreed on the personnel, um, aside from here or there, uh, and just positioning on it was a little bit different. Um, I just always really liked seeing Weehan up top with Sandoval and, um, thought that that worked out really well. And I know I teased it earlier, but, um, in the season preview, uh, written series that we did, my bold prediction is actually Weehan, uh, winning the MVP, um, and I think part of that comes from him being a little more forward where he can get a few more goals than he did last year. I think mm-hmm. he finished with 10 last year. Um, and I could see that being like 15 um, this year um, maybe. And I see him getting quite a few assists off, uh, you know, laying the ball off to Weehan or to Sandoval or kicking it out to Moreno who's cutting in and making a nice run. I just see Weehan's just such a dynamic offensive player that I could see him – uh, doing a lot of things from a lot of different positions, and I don't—I really don't care where he is out on the field, uh, just as long as he's out there and the talent that he's got around him. Uh, I think that's just—that's something that um, I would not be shocked to see uh, several years after he won Rookie of the Year or tied for Rookie of the Year with Santi Moore, ironically enough, um, back in I believe 2017, maybe 2018, no, 2017. Um, I, I could see him just building off of what he did last year and just tearing this league apart with some of the options that he has around him. Um, so I'm really excited to see what the starting 11 looks like and see who's on the bench. Um, we got a lot more depth on the bench than we did last year. So, you know, every 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 match, there's going to be some players that aren't on the 18 that you're like, oh, wow, you know, what's what's going on there? Uh, did you, I didn't happen to map out who else I thought would be on the 18, but do you got your subs uh, handy, or you want to talk through that a little bit? Um, yeah, we can kind of talk through it. So the, the the one real question that I had as far as that goes before I get into my 18, who do you think is the second keeper? Ben or For Phil? Us? Yeah. Ooh. You know, I, oh, I, I guess I didn't mention um, in my starting 11, we really only mentioned 10, 10 names there, and I think that's because the 11th is obviously going to be Cody Mizell um, as long as he's healthy. Um, I, You know, I don't know. I Phil was, Philip was, was with the club last year. He mm-hmm. wasn't on the active roster, but several, several times I would be down there on the field before the match and see him going through drills. And this dude is just a beast, man. He's just a mountain of a man. Very intimidating um, from everything I've heard, just his command in the net and him barking out and communicating with his back line has been fantastic. Uh, 
I I love Ben. I love what he did last year. He he didn't get a whole lot of time last year, but uh, when he did, he came in and he performed. And I I uh, I hate to do this to him, but I I think it's I think it's going to be uh, Philip there in that second spot. Um, I don't know about for this match necessarily, but uh, I I I do think that he. I heard rumors, just rumors last year, that had he been with the club from the get-go, that he would have competed with Cody for the starting spot, mm-hmm. and Cody might not have started uh, had he been with the club the whole time. Uh, that's how how much he how how good he could be. Um, so so I think it will be Philip. What about you? Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I, I think Philip has got. Um, all the tools necessary to be a highly successful keeper uh, in the USL or even you know even elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I, I think he gets in there over Ben. Um, nothing against Ben. Um, I just I really like what I saw from from Philip this uh, this preseason. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen there. Um, as far as the rest of my eighteen goes uh, from my bench, um, I think we see. Um, uh, I think we see. Uh, probably Sammy coming off the bench. Uh, I'll put Joris on the bench. Um, I think we see uh, Sam and Austin, obviously, on the bench. Uh, Salih, um, I think that's what, five, six I've named. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, and, and, you know, I hate to leave Justin out of the 18 completely. I really do. Um, so yeah, I think he would be in there as well. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance that he's he's not in there. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. I think I'd have Philip in there, um, and then I would have uh, Tete. Uh, in my scenario, I would have Tete, um, Yearwood, Hamilton, uh, Sammy, Romeo. Um, and yeah, I, I think that uh, the other spot probably Najem because I don't have Najem in my starting lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's who I would have, um, who I think will be there. I think that's pretty much who I think will be there. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Joris to see if he'll be out there or not. Um, Andrew Tanari is another one that I I keep just forgetting, um, and I think he could actually play a pretty big role in it. So I, I I'm not sure if he makes it. I think kind of it depends on how Coach sees this game going. And um, if he's going to think he needs to put in some more defenders in there to hold a lead or he's going to need to put in some more offensive-minded players to to go out on the attack if we get down, um, how, do you, how do you see the game going? Do you, think, uh, do you think we're in a position where we need to bring in Romeo and Sammy to try to get another goal, or you think we're going to be packing the bus in late? Um, I definitely see us... Um I, I could see it being, you know, maybe tied uh, late or us even having like a one-goal lead and needing to defend. And if that's the case, then I definitely think that um, we've got to make those changes to to, pre- to preserve that lead. You know, show that, the, that we've improved on last season when we if we get into that position. Um, so I think maybe we see like an uh, – like not necessarily like a, an – a super early goal, but something maybe, you know, 20, 25 minutes into the match, we'll see a goal. Um, and then uh, I think, you know, 
yeah, I, I see, uh, you know, one side getting goal around 20, 25 minutes, um, probably an answer, you know, right around the 45 minute mark. Cause again, the end of the half, we d- didn't necessarily do very well, um, at times. So yeah, I could see it being, you know, maybe one, one, you know, with like 15 minutes to go or something like that. Um, but as, I'm prepared for a, f- a very physical match. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the final few minutes uh, before we see uh, an actual winner. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm going to differ a little bit. I think um, I'm going to go real bullish on New Mexico United in this first match. Uh, we don't have anything to really go off of except for the changes that we've made and the signings that we've brought in, but we haven't been able to see anything really. Um, so I'm going to be super optimistic, uh, maybe even a little too optimistic. Uh, I'm going to let my heart get broken if this doesn't happen. But I think uh, I think we score early and often, um, and I, I think we we have a two three goal lead, uh, probably a two goal lead going into the last thirty minutes of the match or so. Um, and uh, I, I think that we I don't think we get the clean sheet. I think we give up something late, something dumb. Um, and that Achilles heel kind of shows itself, but I, I think we win fairly comfortably. Um, we talked about how bold didn't really improve dramatically last year. Uh, we don't think they got worse, but I don't think they improved and we beat them three, one last year. Uh, like I said, it wasn't as dominating as I thought it was, but, uh, I think that's the case this year is that we, we win, we win by a, two or three goals and uh, it's it's a statement saying hey um our defense is better uh our offensive pieces that we lost don't matter because we replaced them and uh i think i i I personally think that that's how it's going to go um with uh, obviously uh i could be completely wrong and i i do think austin is going to be a tough team and i think austin's going to be really good um, I just think that they United just starts off on the right foot here, and and they take it to them kind of early and often. I think we score in the first twenty minutes or so, and then we score again right before half. Um, and then shortly after halftime, we might give up one, uh, and have it be two one, and then we tack on one right after that. And then I think uh, we score a late insurance goal in like the eighty fifth or so. Uh, and make it four one, four one. All right, that's a uh, it's quite the impressive uh, prediction there. Uh, you know, it could definitely happen. Yeah, we're definitely capable of scoring four plus goals in a match. So I won't I won't put it out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that, though. You know, first match of the season. I think there's going to be some nerves. Uh, figuring, you know, each side's going to be figuring things out. I mean, these guys have only been training together, you know, and actually having matches for the past what three weeks, uh, four weeks at best. Um, so I think there's going to be, um, especially some early match jitters. Um, you know, we're probably going to see some dumb fouls. Uh, like I said, a goal probably around 20, 25 minute mark. Uh, then a concession, you know, right around halftime, somewhere right in there. Um, I think we, we, we go into, we go into Austin and we take this one on the road, uh, two, one, probably like an 85th minute winner. Um, but I, I yeah, it's, it's going to be physical. Um, I, and yeah, that's, that's the best that I can give. Um, like I said, both sides are going to be feeling things out, um, getting a real feel for, you know, 
seeing you know, it's gonna I think it's gonna be a good test of who is match ready. You know, who's got their match fitness to a point where you know they can go you know 60, 65 plus, and you know still be ready to go another you know fifteen twenty five minutes. So, so we both have somebody for New Mexico United scoring in the eightieth minute or later. Yeah, who is that somebody for you? Oh, for me, I think it's gonna be uh, bees. I've got Sammy scoring Sammy. that late. Okay. Um, I don't have him in my starting eleven or anything like that, but I think because we're going to be up a couple goals, uh, you'll see kind of wholesale changes in the last um, ten minutes or so uh, with Sammy's preseason that he's had. I think Coach tries to get him some regular season minutes right off the bat to see how he looks against that, and I think he goes out there and and tacks on a goal in the 85th minute or so um, again. We're predicting this stuff, but the USL is such a hard league to predict, and mm-hmm. these games are so hard to predict. Um, I could very easily see this game going, you know, Austin winning 3-1 and us looking a little slow and sloppy with it being the first match. But um, um, uh, the piece that I wrote for BGN was a best and worst case scenario, and it was super hard for me to write the worst case scenario because I'm a very optimistic person. So that's what I'm going to go with here. I'm going to go with a very optimistic outcome. I'm going to go with that 4-1 final score. Uh, I think Moreno gets one. I think Bees gets two. I think uh, Bees gets one. Moreno gets one. Sandoval gets one. All of our big names get one. And then Sammy gets the icing on the cake there at the end. So before we get out of here, one quick question for you that we haven't really discussed yet. Who becomes our penalty taker? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. That is something that I hadn't even thought of. Um, I think it's Bees. Bees? Okay. Yeah, I, I think it could. it's more than likely it's going to be Bees or Sandoval, uh, depending on who's out there at any given time. But um, Bees' uh, penalties that I saw him take in the shootouts last year in the Open Cup, um, he just went up there with this, uh, I'm just going to go up there and do my job type look on his face. And uh, he just went up there and he just put his head down and he got the job done. Um just very calm and cool and collected that one against uh Colorado the one that sent us through uh he put so much power behind that ball um it, this it obviously sticks out to me since I wasn't expecting this question but I remember this penalty so well I mean he just powered it into the upper left corner just put as much as he could in it just as confident as he could in it and just broke the net with it basically and uh i think um i think that's who it'll be i think i think that's who it should be anyways in my eyes i wouldn't be surprised if sandoval's the guy i wouldn't be upset if sandoval's the guy um but i think it'll be bees unless moreno has experience there i haven't seen much from him uh like i've said so so i definitely think that's who i would have do it what about you yeah honestly bees is who i was thinking um initially um Taking a little bit of a longer thing, uh, a little bit of a longer moment on it. I think we might be, we might see. Um, oh man, it's really hard because like no one else really took any for us last year outside of like the the shootouts. Yeah, um, even in, well in the season, I saw Dev take. I think Dev took one or two. I think Santi took one, and then Freighter obviously took all the rest. Um, I don't know. I say give it to Cody. 
<laughs> yeah, why, why not? not? You know, why not? Yeah, uh, so I, I bet Cody could uh, convert it for us. So, yeah, I I do think that uh, that Bees is the guy, though. I think uh, I think that'll be the way to go, and that will definitely help my bold prediction out if he's getting, you know, five or six goals off PKs. Um, I I hadn't even thought of that uh, as far as uh, goals goal scoring scenarios so yeah i i think that he could be the guy for sure that's who i would definitely like to see do you think any defenders oh you, i think you're muted oh yeah like i said just something i i just just came up with you know i hadn't really thought about it until just now so yeah i don't know that's that is a that's a good question. Um, uh, let us know, guys, listeners out there. Uh, let us know who you think it'll be because uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get a penalty in this first match and we'll have our answer. Um, but uh, I definitely think it's Bees or Sandoval. But if you guys have any other ideas out there, let us know. I know Brucey might. I could see Brucey doing it if he's in there. Um, I just don't know how much. I, I fully expect Brucey to get a lot of minutes. I just don't mm-hmm. know how many how much he'll start. Yeah, there was a lot of. There was a lot of talk last year of him being a 30-minute player instead of a 90-minute player. So um, we'll see if Coach agrees with that. Yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of things left to see. You know, the season is kicking off in just a matter of four days from now. So, you know, yes. we a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of questions that will be answered in the upcoming weeks. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Uh just a few more sleeps and then and then it'll be time it'll be game it'll be match day i'll be able to wear my jersey uh i think we're actually going to santa fe that day to ride the rail runner with my kids for the first time and then so it'll be a long day but uh we'll get home i'll put it on the tv and and we'll be ready to go so i think that's about going to do it for us this week um you got anything you want to add there seth are you good uh no that's it i think we're good all right all right, man. I uh, just wanted to remind everybody about the different ways you can get in touch with us. Um, we are on social media all over the place, um, at So Mostly Knows News on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us on all three of those. Uh, you can also find a podcast-specific uh, uh, handle on Twitter, which is at The Suncast, uh, where we'll have the episodes posted and uh, ask for some questions and stuff. Um, and then, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, we've got the website, which you can find all the podcasts on the website as well, as well as all of our written content, which will be ramping up dramatically now that the season is about to start. Like I said, we'll have a written preview uh, written by Seth over there um, and then a recap written by your, yours truly here. Um, so please go check out all that stuff and, and let us know what you think. As far as the podcast goes, please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, share it with all your friends, all your soccer buddies, uh, all your sports friends. Uh, if if you've got a friend that's into sports and isn't into soccer, um, get them into soccer. Because I wish I would have done it a long time ago because it has definitely become my favorite sport over the last year plus uh, ever since United was announced. Um, so please go do all that. It really helps us out, really helps us get some recognition, get us to move up the charts, um, um, all that good stuff. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, all those social media handles that I gave you, you can reach out to us there. You can reach out to us by email. Um, Seth is Seth at dadventuresmedia.com. I am Jacob at dadventuresmedia.com. 
um, just put uh, Suncast in the subject line there so we know which podcast it's referring to. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Uh, next Tuesday we will record again. We'll have a recap of this Austin match. Uh, any news that breaks, maybe we get a home jersey. I don't think it'll be that fast, but maybe. You never know. Uh, and then we'll look ahead to our Week 2 matchup against the newly rebranded FC Tulsa, which, um, I don't know, did you see their kits this year? Uh, they look really sharp to me. They've got I the did. bird logo on it. Uh, they've got the black and gold colors going, uh, white and gold for the away kits. Uh, they look real, real sharp. Um, uh, so I'm excited to see what they look like this year. Uh, so we'll talk about them next week. Uh, again, uh, I'm Jacob. That's Seth over there. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News. The show was recorded in Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, written and produced by Seth Benoff and Jacob Terrell, and was edited by Seth. Special thanks to Josh, too, on YouTube for the music you heard on this week's episode. This episode was recorded and edited using CleanFeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.